We've been taking a number of weeks in our series looking at fake, fake book, because being fake is so exhausting. And next week we wrap things up as we're going to be looking at uh, how to interact with technology and uh, how that plays into our lives and what can be some real boundaries for that and where we can feel free about that too. So uh, don't mix next week as we wrap things up. But this morning we continue on again with this whole idea of being authentic. Uh, We live in worlds where uh, fakeness is all around us. And there are times where we actually see that fakeness in ourselves. And it causes us to go, ooh, I don't like that. But it's there. So what do we do with it? How do we walk through that? Uh, How do we be true to ourselves, be who we really are, be be genuine and not get sucked into this idea of, of, of faking it all the time? Uh, in, this, in this battle to be genuine, uh, we have to learn also how to break free of a fake book kind of life. Uh, we can uh, just, just, again, live this fakeness out, and in a sense, it's like uh, we're living this true lies kind of a life. And uh, it's, uh, even though they're true lies, even though they're not real, not uh, accurate, they still shape our lives, they still control our lives, we find that Uh, Even though it's fake, even though it's a true lie, it seems to have some kind of pull, some kind of uh, uh, bearing in our life. So we're trying to watch out for that, uh, especially this morning as we look at that. Now, uh, there's this fun movie uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it called True Lies. I'd always suggest uh, you watch the the Video Angel or the made-for-TV addition to that. But uh, we get introduced to this guy named Harry Tasker. And uh, I think uh, this makes for a great uh, Valentine's Day movie, you know, this being Valentine's Day week, you know, because there's, 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 there's love, there's romance, there's a rekindling of romance, uh, uh, there's dancing, uh, then there's explosions, there's gunfire, uh, there's all kinds of things going on, jet fighters, everything, you know, you would want. And did I say explosions and explosions? And uh, at the end, Harry and his wife, Helen, uh, find themselves more in love with e- than ever. But uh, Cindy wasn't buying it, so we didn't get uh, a chance to watch it this week. But uh, anyway, uh, here, here's just a little synopsis of what's going on in this movie. How'd it go at the convention, honey? We're the beginning of the show. It's fantastic. It's a lovely computer business. For 15 years, Harry Tasker's been leading a double life. Mr. President, one of our best men is inside. Transmitting now. Right on time. I don't believe I've met you before. Rehnquist. Harry Rehnquist. Listen to the following code word. Helen. H-E-L-E-N. Now, they're about to collide. What's your exit strategy? I'm gonna walk right out of the front gate. May I see your invitation, please? Sure. Here's my invitation.
Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a Soviet MERV 6 from an SS-22N launch vehicle. I married Rambo. Jamie Lee Curtis. Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. True lies. What can I say? I'm a spy. <laughs> a lot of marriage counts. Can you see how that would be a great Valentine's Day, you know, movie? You know, there's all those things going on. But seriously, they, they live the extreme of true lies. And their true lives shape everything. And sometimes we may uh, not realize that they're obviously not that extreme. I hope that we don't have any spies with us this morning. But, uh, you know, they may not be that extreme, but we find the same thing happening in just as significant ways in our lives, in our relationships with our, our spouses, in our relationships in our families, at work, with ourselves, with God, all of these kinds of things, it, it actually has an effect in it because these do shape our lives. And even though it's a true lie, it has a role or has a role to play in our lives. Now, when we, we talk about this idea of true lies, when we talk about all of this, it, it gets to a place where we've got to go into an area that uh, if you're new to church or, or haven't been around for a while, uh, you may have a hard time getting your mind around this, but I, I don't want your, your trying to get your mind around this, this one thought to kind of cause you to disconnect for the rest of the message. And, and this is this idea that there actually is evil in the world. Uh, we saw that down in Florida this week. But some of us, some of us, and I personally believe that there is this evil being, not just evil in the world, not a spirit of evil, that there is this prince of peace, that, or prince of this world that you, that you hear about, and, and his name is Satan, it's, and it's, it's the devil. And some of you may say, well, I'm not, I'm not buying into that. And if you don't buy into that, I, I don't think you have to totally unplug from what you're going to hear this morning. But, but there is this idea, there's this concept uh, you know, those close to Jesus talk about it, uh, people that were close to him, uh, Christians, Christ followers, some that wrote letters to different places, uh, all talk about this idea that there isn't just a spirit of evil, there's actually a person entering into this world that's trying to, in a sense, destroy it, trying to, to hurt others, trying to uh, just, 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 uh, just keep us as far from God as, as possible. Uh, in John 8, 48, we read this. When the liar, and this is, who, this is who this is speaking of, this is Jesus' words. When the liar speaks, Satan, the devil, uh, he speaks. He makes it out of his lying nature and fills the world with lies. So there is this idea, there is this concept that there's, there's, there's ideas, there's principles, there's uh, ways of living, ways of interacting with our world that are not accurate, that are actually true lies. And Jesus says himself, he says, when I arrived on the scene, uh, I, I tried to tell you the plain truth. I tried to set the record straight, but uh, there's, this, there's this battle going on, and it's going on for the hearts and the souls of men. And it's just, again, not this, this uh, kind of evil that's just floating out there. There's actually a person behind that. And we're going to talk about him in a little bit, a little bit more. But the idea that uh, there was this, this number one angel, 
Lucifer, and they call him different little different names, and he was a number one angel, was right aside of Jesus, or aside of God, and, and he wanted to be God himself. And so when he fell, he took a number of angels, they said maybe a third of the angels with him, and since then they have basically been trying to just undermine what, what God is trying to do in this world. And we've been uh, susceptible to that all the way back to the, uh, to the beginning, Genesis. And uh, yet, at the same time, sometimes even us who call ourselves Christ followers can, can fall for this kind of thing. We can actually have a principle in our lives that, that is not accurate, that is a, a true lie, and we can find that it shapes us. It, it, it shapes the way we interact with our world. Uh, when my brother was... Uh, uh, young and just trying to figure out some things. Uh, uh, when it came to taking a shower, uh, he would take his shower all the time, and, and we discovered that something must be wrong with the bathroom. Because every time Jeff would take a shower, there was like water everywhere. And we, we just we couldn't figure it out. Jeff, what's going on in there? Something broken. Every single time. Because what was going on in Jeff's mind is that as long as he locked the door, he didn't need to use the shower curtain because the shower curtain had nothing to do with keeping the water in the shower. It was all about someone not being able to see him. And so that absolutely is not true. That's a true lie, yet it was affecting the way he lived his life. And so you and I can have these things that aren't as funny as that, He'd die if he, yeah, Jeff, that was me telling that story if he's a listener online. But, uh, you, you know, but they have the same kind of ripple effects. They affect everything. They affected, you know, you have to go in there and clean up. My, my parents just was trying to figure it out. And I think it took three or four more times to figure out that that's what he was doing. He was leaving the shower curtain wide open. Because in his mind, the reason you had a shower curtain is so nobody could see you. So if you locked the door, you didn't have to shut it. But we sometimes do the same kind of things. There are principles in life, there are values in life that are true lies, and they're shaping our life because we're holding on to them. Uh, Jesus says this to our response to this, yet we refuse to have a thing to do with them. We, we refuse to actually look at those true lies examine those true lives, and, and try to get some clarity in our life. We just, we just kind of go along. But one of our theme verses for this series has been this, if you embrace the truth, truth it will release more freedom into your lives. And so we have this, this conflict, this tension going on, where, where some truth or a, a true lie, we, we, we kind of hold on to that rather than holding on to Jesus' truth and we find ourselves being captive rather than free. Our bottom line for this morning can be said this way. True lives believed as real truth will affect your life as if they were true. True lies believed as real truth will affect your life as if they were true. Back to shower story. Back to the movie, True Lies. Helen thought her husband was doing something completely different, had a totally different outlook on life. 
and it was affecting everything. And likewise, Harry too. You see, Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the men of those who don't believe. They're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. The glorious light of the good news means that there is a way to have a relationship with God through Christ. Christ came for that. That is the good news. Uh, we don't have to be alone. We can have God in our lives. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. And so this evil, this evil person, this evil being is trying to, again, take as many down with him as possible. And that, that's his goal. And uh, really, he's a deceptor. He's trying to deceive us. And as he is a deceptor of these true lies, these true, uh, or these, these, uh, true lies, he's just trying to muddy the waters for us so we go in a direction that actually leaves us empty, dissatisfied with life, heartbroken, frustrated, j just in a sense, left in our brokenness. And uh, one of the things that he loves to do is he loves to imitate the truth. He loves to come as close to it as possible, likes to put a little spin on something so that, uh, so that we're kind of there, but we're not there. He wants us to hold on to things. He wants us to hold on to the idea that the shower curtain is just there to keep, the keep no one from seeing us rather than keep the water in the shower. And then so we go living our life Water's going everywhere. It's a mess everywhere because it's, it's close, but not there. It's close to the truth. It's close, it, and it keeps our mind cloudy, so we reject the things of God, so we reject the idea that he can be a part of our life, be personal in our life, and, and we do that. Uh, this passage, uh, Paul writes, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. He, he tries to, he, he imitates very close, but not the real thing. And, and we have to be aware of that. I don't think we need to be afraid of a demon behind every bush, but we need to be aware of that, that he has an objective, that he has a goal, he's imitation. Now, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, there are things in life that are imitations, and they're very close, but they're not the real thing. Uh, Cindy often will try to try to sneak in low-fat sour cream, and uh, you, you know it, it's just it's just a horrible. It's it's an imitation. It does not taste good at all. I'd rather skip sour cream than have low-fat sour cream. And every once in a while, and I'm not calling her Satan or anything, but, that, but every once in a while, she tries to slip in yogurt. Yogurt. Sour. It's not even from a different food group. I know, I know it is from, but it's, it's completely different. See, imitation. And, and it's close, but eh. And some things are obvious and some things are not. Well, well, Satan, the evil one, is trying to imitate, he's trying to keep us just off kilter enough, off balance enough, and to accept it as rea reality. And along with that, uh, he misleads. He, he tries to get us to go in different directions. Uh, you, you know, sometimes uh, someone says, do you, do you think, uh, you know, you think he's trying to muddle the waters up? And sometimes he is. Sometimes it's my own 
my own disobedience muddling the waters. I, he, didn't, he didn't need to be active in my life. I was going to go in a direction all on my own. Sometimes it's just the world and the way it functions. But it's this idea of misleading. We see that again all the way in the beginning, back in Genesis. We have this situation Paul writes about. I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, and, and don't get all down on Eve, because if you read the story, Adam was right there with her and didn't say anything. <laughs> didn't say anything. And some of us who are men like to say, yeah, we're supposed to be leaders of our household and all this stuff. Well, obviously, Adam wasn't leading in that moment. Not at all. He should have said something. Hey, honey, I don't think we're supposed to do this. But he doesn't. By the serpent's cunning, from your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So it's interesting, even in this misleading, this is misleading to someone who is a Christ follower. So some of us who are Christ followers, or all of us, have got to be aware that, again, he wants us to, to miss some beats. He wants us to get some views in our mind that uh, are not accurate, and he wants to mislead us. He wants to, to, to fake us out. He wants us to lead to think something else is the answer for life than the real thing. And he wants to do that all the time. And if he can get us captivated as a Christ follower, being ineffective and having these subtle little things that are off just a little bit, but they cause the traction in our life just not to be there, he, he wants to do that. He wants to mislead us. So he did to Eve and to Adam. He wants to do the same to us. Again, Paul's writing this to the people who live in a city called Corinth. I don't know about uh, you. It's funny how this is going to be food, but I don't know. Do you know what, what, what that is? No? No, you probably don't know what that is. That is chicory, a chicory root. And um, this is another one of those things with Cindy. She did this to me. She tried to convince me one time when she wanted me to stop drinking coffee that chippery cup was just as good as coffee. And you notice it's gluten-free. And, uh, you know, I know some of you are, have gluten problems, but I, I want extra gluten sprinkled on my food. But, um, uh, you, you, you know, so, so she, again, so she, there's this black stuff. It kind of looks like coffee. I mean, somebody even has the audacity to call it coffee partner chicory. I, you know, I just don't know what's going on. But, again, it's trying to mislead you from the real thing. And often, and again, often, this is what's going on. These true lies in our lives lead us from the real thing. They're, they're designed to, to, to muck us up. Just a view of, um, let's see, we're, we're looking to have an intimate relationship. We want someone who's going to be close in our lives. We're looking for that special person. And, and uh, you know, Jesus is pretty clear. God is pretty clear that, you know, there's this thing called marriage. And that's where you have all the freedom of intimacy with your spouse and all those kinds of things. But then somewhere in our thinking gets there, it's, it's okay if we're, we're not married. We go for, let's say, an a imitation, and we get misled, and it's, it's not the same thing. It's close, but we say it's close. There's no harm, and, and we're getting all caught up in these true lies. Some of us uh, have really, uh, when it comes to our spiritual life, have got this idea that we've got to earn our way to God. We've got to, be a, we've got to keep all these rules and everything, and we, we find ourselves falling into legalism, and we think that's actual spirituality, but it's just legalism. It's rules without a relationship. 
And we, and, we, and we just keep going at it and going at it, and we wonder why our relationship with God doesn't seem to exist. It just seems to be cold. It seems, it's because we're all rules-based, not relationship-based. We're all rules-based instead of having God lead us in our lives. See, it's an imitation. It kind of gets misled, and we, and we kind of get into it. So, so what are we supposed to do this? How do, we, how do we, in a sense, have a defense for true lies? How do we do this? Well, first of all, uh, part of this process is that we understand we've got to recognize true lies. We've got to be able to, in a sense, taste them. We have to understand that they're, they're around us, not to be scared about it, but be aware of it. Ask ourselves, where am I falling for a true lie in my life? Where, where, where is it shaping my life? Where is it actually leading and directing my life? Because I'm, I've bought into this concept, this principle, this value, this idea that really is, is a true lie. So we need to recognize these. Even Solomon says this. He says, there's a way that appears to be right. Sometimes we get in that and it, and it appears to be right. It feels right. It, 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 it kind of tastes like sour cream. That stuff didn't even taste like coffee, so I can't even use that. But it, it kind of tastes, but it isn't. And what does Solomon say? It says, there's a way that appears right, but in the end, it leads to death. It shuts things down. It's not living. It's, a, in a sense, a, a dead way of living. And so we need to recognize, we need to be astute about it, we need to be sensitive, we need to be aware, we need to be really, uh, again, sensitive to, to seeing what's going on in our life so that we can recognize true lies. Now, these true lies can happen in other place. I've got just a bunch of lists. I'm not going to have us going, jumping all over the place in, in, the, in the scriptures to, to look at these, but just, just some th things that are pretty common. So first, there's a, these true lies about ourselves that we need to recognize. And uh, we read in Romans 23 this idea that uh, we are broken since we've this compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, both us and them. We're all in this together. Sinners out of fellowship with God, doing it our own way, and have proved that we're utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us. So, so we have this problem, and that, that, that is true. But then there's this other side of it. God did it for us out of sheer generosity. He put us in right standing with himself through Christ, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in, and he restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it by means of Jesus Christ. So we have this, this, this tension in our life of who we are. Yes, yes, we're broken, but we don't have to stay there. Will we arrive? Not in this chapter of life. So, but we live in this tension, but sometimes we can buy into these true lies, which just, in a sense, shut us down, removing the traction from our lives. First one is my worth is determined by what I do and what others think of me. And all of us can fall into this place. No, it's, it's, it's what God thinks of us. But sometimes we buy into this true lie, and it just it runs our lives. 
We've probably all been there where someone else's expectations, maybe even well-meaning, just run our lives because we've bought it into, in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls that my worth is determined by what I do and what others think of me. Uh, another one is this. I am the way I am, and I can't change. Some of us have bought into this true lie. Some of us had promise when we were in our 30s, 40s, 20s, whatever, and now we're in our 40s, into our 50s, into our 60s, and we just kind of feel stuck. Maybe we're in our 80s, and we feel stuck. And we say, I'm the way I am, I can't change. That is a true lie. And if we had more time, we could walk through and I could show you why it's a true lie. You have to just take my word for it. If you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. When we talked about fake friends for a couple weeks, this was a little bit in there, this idea that uh, we buy into this, that we've got to live this, this, this dual life, this double life. We've got to be like Harry and not really let anybody know who we really are. And so we hide it. In this case, we hide it because we don't think anyone would like who we are. So we, we live this life where we're, we're kind of just shielding ourselves from other people because we, we're just afraid that if they found out who we really were, uh, they wouldn't like us. And that's a true life that just kind of capt a true lie that kind of just captivates us and holds us. Also, we have to understand about the meaningness and happiness of life. Uh, sometimes we buy into true lies about that. Uh, Paul writes about this idea about understanding where God has placed us, what he's assigned us to do, not to, in a sense, uh, be always looking for a, a greener grass somewhere else. This doesn't mean you don't better yourself. It doesn't mean you just settle in, but it, but it means that you, that you understand your assignment. You understand where God has placed you, and you embrace that. You're not always thinking, well, Life would be good if I could be over there. Life could be good if I could be doing something else with somebody else. We understand what happiness is about rather than buying into that lie. One of those uh, true lies would be money provides security and happiness. That, 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 that's, that should be the drive in my life. And when we find that the drive of our life, we're going to find that that actually is a true lie. Because some of us have gotten there. Some of us have gotten to the place where financially we're okay. We're more than okay. And the security and the happiness isn't there. Some of us live in the, 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 the light of someday, and we just are a slave to that true lie. And it just holds us captive. Uh, another one, to be, oh, I didn't mean to say to be happy, I must be divorced. Sometimes some people think that. To be happy, I must be married our marital place. We think, think that's where our whole life revolves around. We sometimes think that our relationship with our spouse or not having or wishing to have a spouse, that would, that would complete us. And, and that's one of those true lies. It doesn't complete us. Our relationship with God through Christ is what completes us. Now, yes, it's great to be married. It's great to have a partner in life that complements life, but it doesn't complete life. And if we get in the mindset that is the answer to life, we're going to find ourselves captivated and shaped 
by a true lie. We're going to find ourselves making decisions, making compromise, because we think that's the answer. If I could just have that person, and, and sometimes I, I talk with people, and, and they got married, and they kind of knew that it wasn't the right thing, but they thought that if I could just marry, get married, check that off my list, then life would be fantastic and be complete. And they're discovering that that isn't the case. See, our completeness comes with our relationship with God. This is one of those true lies. Also that I must be in control to be happy. Some of us out there, I, I have a tendency to have to watch out for this one myself, that uh, if I can just keep everything in control, then I'll be happy. But the reality is we don't control anything. There's moments in time where we, where we think that uh, we're in control, but it's a false thing. It's really not that we're in control. And that's why when life does, the bottom of life does drop out, we're all of a sudden, whoa! It surprised us. But the reality was we were always, in a sense, skating on thin ice. And so to be chasing after that is not going to be the answer. That's one of those true lies. Then there's also uh, true lies about God. And uh, again, these shape our lives, these control our lives, uh, they, 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 it's like it's real because it shapes our lives. It controls our lives. Um, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever to be praised. In other words, they exchanged the truth about God. And anytime you and I are not accurate with our truth about God, it, it, just, it, just, it just messes things up. But it shapes the way we're functioning even when it is not true. For example, the more I do for God, the more he will love and bless me. How many times have, have you thought that, bought into that idea? How many times have you seen somebody else who, who's living life and, and they're, 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 they're uh, doing all this stuff for God and they think that because they're doing all this stuff for God, they, they live in this, this bubble of protection and then when it doesn't happen, they're not protected, they give up and they go, wow, God let me down, or they think I must have been doing something wrong. That's, that's one of those true lies. God loves us to love him, loves us to serve him, but it's not like a, like a trade-off. It's not like I'm earning God's pleasure, so if the more I do that he's happy about, the more protected and safe my life will be. We could go through story after story after story, current story after story of people that we would say are faithful people, good people. Uh, they were, they, we would say there's a person that does a lot for God, but uh, they, their life doesn't seem blessed. It does, things seem to fall apart. You see, that's one of those true lies that can be totally untrue yet totally shape us and control the way we live. Um, another one about God is the more, what I've done is too bad for God to forgive. Uh, sometimes we've, we, we look at our life and, and we say we're going to be like a, a second uh, class Christ follower because what we did, what we did, he can't forgive. Even there can even be other people in our lives that have from our perspective, again, not judgmental, just, wow, that, they, they did something horrible, yet God's forgiven them. Yet when it comes to us, we just, we just can't experience that forgiveness. That, that, that's one of those true lives. Uh, God accepts us. 
God forgives us, not because, again, what we've done, but what Christ did for us. But when we have this, and it may be, some of these may be deep down into our lives. Some of these may not be on the surface. It might actually take you a little time to figure out, wow, that's why I'm responding to life like this. I've got a true lie in my life, and it's actually shaping the way I interact with my world around me. And, and this can be one of those. So, so, so what do we need to do? We need to recognize it. And we could have come up with a lot more, but we need to recognize things like this. And then we need to get to the place where we resist the true lies. And a part of that resisting uh, comes to back to our whole relationship with God. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. In a sense, you, you, you submit, you follow God's ways, you, you, you follow his lead, you, you look in that direction, and then you'll find these evil influences, the devil, all of that. In a sense, it's, it's like he flees from you because you're so captivated with following God that you can't have be looking in two places at the same time that you're going, and that's how we start to resist true lies. And, and it doesn't happen with just throwing a switch. It happens with time. It takes investment. It takes a daily decision to submit to God. Some of us, it takes an hourly decision to submit to God. I love the way the message expands on verse 8. Say a quiet yes to God. In other words, don't shout it from the rooftops. Just, just say yes to God. And he'll be there in no time. He'll be present. Quit dabbling in sin. That could be a whole message in itself. What are the ways that we're dabbling in sin? Just a little taste, just a little bit here, a little bit there. But we think we'll be okay. And kind of we are okay. We're making it. But we're dabbling in it. Purify your inner life. Starts on the inside and works on the outside, and quit playing the field. Quit having one step in one system and one step in the other system. And if you do this, you'll start to resist the true lies that seem to come into our lives. I mean, Jesus had to deal with people that were caught up with this. Sometimes you and I have to deal with people that were caught up with this. Peter, he, Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan, because he's saying, you're, you're going in a direction that's, that's counter to the direction God would have me go in. This is evil. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concern of God, but merely human concern. So if we're going to resist, we need to have God's heart in mind. We need to discover more and more who God is. Uh, not again, not to earn his love for us, but just to know what he likes to know how he wants us to function. And what's amazing is if you and I are a Christ follower, he lives within our lives. He joins our lives, so it's, it can be a less of a mystery. He's right there alongside us. We just need to, again, quiet down and listen and say. Another um, concept with this is we need to continually renew the truth. We've ta been talking about that a little bit. In Romans 12, too, there's this, there's this famous verse a lot of us like. It says, talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so, so we transform the mind. We put the right things in. 
personal. Sometimes uh, we, we do this idea of, of uh, taking things out and we create a, a vacuum, we create an emptiness. It, it, we've got to replace it with something else. And we renew our mind by, by knowing what God would have for us, getting to know God better. We, we think about that. We digest that. Uh, we get into uh, the, the Bible and we, and, we, and, we, and we figure out what God is saying and who he is. When, when we don't, uh, we find ourselves becoming well adjusted to our culture without even thinking. And we want to watch out for that. It's not that the culture's bad, but there definitely are a lot of true lies out there. There's true lies out in the, the world, let's say, beyond church world, but there's also true lies that creep into church world. And we, we, need, to, we need to not become so well adjusted that we, don't, we stop thinking. Instead, we need to fix our attention on God. This is this renewing of the mind. Then being ready to recognize what he wants and quickly respond to it. Sometimes in our lives, we want the mind renewed. We want to stop living true lies. And then all of a sudden, God gives us a truth, gives us a concept. But we hesitate in following his lead. And then... We let it go, and then the next day we wake up, we start the whole process over again, and we say, God, I really want to follow you. I want to do this. And, and, and then, he, then he gives us a little nudge in a certain direction, and, and we're not quick with our response. Do that for a few weeks, a few months, and all of a sudden the next day you wake up, and you say, Lord, I really want to follow you. And he's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you absolutely don't. I'll save it. Go do that thing I nudged you to three months ago that hasn't even left your heart really you've kind of suppressed it you kind of pretend it doesn't exist there but it, but it's still there go back to that respond quickly unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity god brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you so i want to go back real quickly to those little bullets we talked about, some of the true lies that come from three different places and how they sink into our lives. So look back at your message guide before you fold it up and just, and just look and say and ask yourself, have I bought into the true lie that my worth is determined by what I do and what others think of me? And no one looking around. If that, if that, you go, wow, yeah, I feel that a lot. I, I'm buying into that. Then just check it off. Uh, may, maybe you're at a place where you say, I'm the way I am and I can't change. Wow. Does that take the air out of your life if you really believe that? Maybe you function that way. Maybe you, you'd never say it that way. But if we went back in your life and went back in my life, we'd say, wow, for the last two years, I, I, I haven't changed really at all. Same operating system, same views, same true lies, whatever. So, so operationally, I do believe I can't change because I'm not changing. It's a true lie that shapes life. Do, do you, and I, I, I hope you're not in the misery of being this life, do you actually believe if people around you knew you, they wouldn't like you? That, that's a... That's a horrible way to operate. It's a horrible way to, way to live your life. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a true lie. Don't, don't hold on to that. 
Um, how you stop getting the track that, that money provides security and happiness. We could talk a lot about this. A lot about this. Financial peace is talking about that. But, but is that where your peace is, is? Is money my financial peace? Or is there something else going on? To be happy, I must be married. My, 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 my marital status, whether married or not, is what is totally shaping my happiness. That, that's what completes me. It's, it's that first. You might, again, not say it that strongly, but if we took time not to look at your life in a judgmental way, but if we took time to look at your life, would we see that like half the steps of your life are all pointing to the fact that you buy into the fact that the thing that will make me happy is if my marital status changes. Um, I must be in control to be happy. Sorry, that's, that's, that's just never going to happen. The more I do for God, the more he will love and bless me. Hope you're not stuck on that uh, treadmill. Uh, God already loves you. He's already done what he needs to do for you. And uh, if, you're, if you're always thinking, I need to do a little bit more so God will love me and then God will take care of these problems, uh, you're in for a big disappointment uh, because there isn't this bubble that covers our lives. Uh, no matter how faithful, because we could, we could march up story after story after story of faithful people that uh, when it looks from a human perspective, uh, these, these people, the bottom of life falls out and there's no blessing. We, we could see. So if, if that's our true lie, are we holding on to that? What I've done is too bad for God to forgive. Maybe, maybe we don't say, yeah, not too bad to, to stop me from being a Christ follower for, for me to be with God when I pass away, but, but he really doesn't like me because of what I did. Not, not true. And then there might be, there's probably countless other of these true lives that can shape you and control you. True lives believed as real truth will affect your life as if they were true. And I want to get in with this real illustration of how a lot of us are interacting with these things. A lot of us are captive by true lies. And uh, a, a nice little doggy's going to help me with it. Come on. Come on. Let's go. It's open. There's no, nothing in the door. Try it again. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Yes, you can come. Release. Release. Come on, JJ. Come on. JJ, come. Come on. There's, no. No, there's no door there. Do it one more time. Okay, one more time. You're shaking. You're shaking. Ready? Come on, JJ. Come on. Okay, open the door now. Ready? Okay. Release. Oh. Funny, but true. Some of us, the screen is gone but we live like the screen is still there because we're letting true lies, we're believing them, and they're affecting us as if they're really true. What a, what a sad way to, to live your life. I hope you don't get stuck there too long. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful that you sent your son to give us truth 
so that we could be free and we could live in that freedom in this chapter in life. And Father, I ask that you would help us to be free from those things that uh, we're, we're captive by, that are, that are true lies. Each of us comes from a different place with different stories, different uh, life experiences. But help us not to be like that dog who, who just can't take a step forward because he thinks he's held captive by a screen that is not there, by a true lie that is not there. Lord, free us from that. Let us be a people that enjoy the freedom that comes from knowing you and walking with you daily. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.